taught about the reality that the disciples, when they said we believe, Jesus revealed to them the truth uh, that they will leave him. They're going to desert him. Uh, but he comforts them ahead of time of that happening and assures them uh, he's overcome the world, not based on merit but based of, or works, but based upon relationship, based upon his uh, relationship with the Father and the Father's love and grace uh, and that um, this eternity that we're looking for is a relationship with God and that we don't have to wait for some time in the future because that's offered to us now, that relationship. And uh, Ben was describing that God was reestablishing the relationship he had intended at creation but was interrupted by man's rejection of that relationship through believing there were things God was denying them that would be good for them. Now, I'm, I'm putting things into this um, to give my fuller explanation of it, but we per, that, that is what sin is. When we pursue things that we think are good for us or that we want and feel like God isn't providing enough for us or is holding something back from us, uh, that's the root of all of our pursuits of sin. And uh, coming to know the relationship with God that he is our provider and that he knows what's good for us that he really wants that relationship, that that's what we were designed for, is that uh, perfect relationship with each other. And through Jesus, he restored that relationship. And um, keeping in mind that that's what this is, it's a relationship with God, it's a working relationship, and that Jesus came, did his work, and then said, tag, you're it. Now, the, the example I got today, uh, which I think is what really drives this home, um, is this guy described, let's assume you're in a 100-yard dash, and you're running this 100-yard dash, and Jesus has the third leg, and he comes to you, and he taps you, and the guy on the other team is Usain Bolt. If you don't know who Usain Bolt is, uh, one of the fastest humans ever, if not the fastest human ever. Uh, and you're looking and you're going, you're tapping off to me? <laughs> Maybe you want to just run the next <laughs> to the finish also, Jesus, uh, because I can't deal with Usain Bolt. And, but that, that's essentially how it feels in some ways that Jesus did his ministry and then he taps out and says, okay, I'm passing it on to you. And we're like, wow. And too often we feel inadequate. And the whole thing about today, we are celebrating a day we call Pentecost. And wh why we celebrate that today is that we receive as believers the Holy Spirit. And that's better than being Hussein Bolt <laughs> in completing the finish line. Uh, and too often, though, Christians live unempowered lives. Too often we think, what can I do? 
and that I am not good enough. But what Jesus was doing with us in, in, um, in, in passing this on to us was involving us in this relationship. And we had the Father, and we had the Son, and now we're receiving the Holy Spirit. And we receive that. And, and, and that is an empowering act. And that is Jesus saying, you've got all you need. He doesn't pass it on to us to prove to us we're not good enough. He passes the mission on to us because that was the plan of God, that there would be this relationship. We were to have dominion on the earth. We were to do God's work on the earth. And God is simply restoring that process, bringing us back into that intimate relationship that he had attended. Today's assigned gospel reading <coughs> is from John 20, 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. There's a couple of things that, are, that we see in here that are important. I've already talked about the Holy Spirit, but it's really important. Twice he says, peace be with you. He really is intending for us to be able to go forward in our mission with peace. To not have troubled hearts. He's providing this. I mean, you remember at the start of this it said, his disciples who had been walking with him and seen everything and, and had seen all that had happened, they were together, but they were behind locked doors for fear. And Jesus knows that's us. That this world puts us, well, attempts to put us behind locked doors. It, in, it attempts to put us in positions of feeling powerless feeling inadequate. Those are the whispers and the words of the world. Who are you to be speaking for God? Who are you to be telling me about God? What, how are you worthy of that? Those are, those are the words that the world whispers to us and attempts to take away our peace. Uh, hits us with all kinds of troubles and problems. But God's voice says differently. God says, peace be with you. I'm sending you on this mission, and you think I won't empower you? If, if we think that, what kind of a God are we thinking of? 
that he would send us and, uh, and ask us to do things uh, to fail. Uh, our vision of God gets to be too small when we do that. And, and I think so often um, religion feeds that. The world voice is telling us we're not good enough, and oftentimes religion is telling us all these things we've got to do uh, to establish ourselves with God, and God is just saying, all you got to do is believe in me. Trust me. And go forward. I was reading a passage about the Holy Spirit, and it was about praying that I would again receive the Holy Spirit uh, for a believer uh, who has maybe um, um, struggled with sin or whatever, uh, like somehow it needs to be restored. And I want to tell you, it's a lie. You're a believer, you receive the Holy Spirit. Your sin doesn't take it away from you. What your sin may do, though, is make you think you don't have access. And unfortunately, religion sometimes reinforces that, like you've got to do some steps of repentance before you can have, restore your relationship with God. But again, that's a lie. Jesus established your relationship with God. It is finished. It's our job to believe that. To really believe it. And to not let the world tamp it down. Not let the world or anything else, our self-doubts or anything, change that. I don't say that with confidence from me. <laughs> I say that from confidence because I trust the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, I don't come up here believing that I have any more ability to read Scripture or to come up with a teaching than any of you have. I just trust the Holy Spirit. I mean, I have come to believe that I will be provided the words I need. Uh, that's why m many of the times I speak a largely extemporaneously uh, apart from my notes because what I'm trusting is I've prepared. God knows I've looked over the things that I should do. And then I trust that God will prompt me with the words that you need to hear. Uh, and... Uh, it's Again, it's no confidence in me. Uh, it is confidence that God has told me. He, he has said those things. He'll give us the words. We go into the places he wants us to go into. He'll guide us. There's a country song out there that comes to my mind uh, about when a person's, I think it's a, a car wreck or something going on, and, 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 and the singer sings, Jesus, take the wheel. And, you know, I really appreciate the song. I think it, it has great meaning. But I, well, I, Jesus is saying, I was always there. <laughs> you know, I, I was there. You don't have to re-ask me again. However, you have to believe I'm there. That's where we get into trouble. 
And, and again, it's where religion oftentimes pounds us that I've got to be in church on Sunday. I've got to be doing this a certain amount of Bible study during the week. I've got to be doing this or I've got to be doing that. Uh, and all of those things are good. I don't mean they're not good. But if you weren't here in church today, you're no less empowered to do God's will. Hopefully you'll gain a kernel of truth that will help you uh, through this process because that's what church should be. Through our fellowship together, through our sharing of God's word, iron sharpens iron. We, we learn more. We grow more. We, we, we do better. And when we're stumbling a little bit, we're feeling a little weak, hopefully a word from uh, ben or myself or, or, or one of you in just the fellowship that we have uplifts you enough that allows you to pull it together again and go on that's why we do church it's not a requirement we don't do communion as a requirement we do it because jesus said do this to remember the remembering is remember peace i give you i finished that work. Now you just have to serve. You know, it's not about are you good enough. I finished that. I declared you good enough. So quit questioning it and start living it. Uh, and it, what we get with that is, again, bel the belief, our own doubts are what stop us. It's not the sin. But the sin, the, this world, Satan, can use that and put those doubts in our minds and, and, and tell us, you're not good enough. See, see, there you go. You, you messed up again. So who do you think you are? And our answer to that, I'm a redeemed son of God. Not yet fully there, but it hasn't changed. Even when I stumble, I'm a redeemed son of God. And Satan, you've got no power over me. And I may stumble, but you don't get to hold me. And that's the importance of Pentecost, is that God created. Jesus paid the price said, this isn't about your works. This isn't about you being good enough. I'm declaring you good enough. You are in relationship with me. The problem is we have to accept that. We have to accept that we are in relationship with God. And we have to actually live that. And the Holy Spirit was promised to us, again, there's so much in, in my notes or in my message that I'm skimming over. Um, but these verses where Jesus spoke should remind us. Maybe I'll just throw it. Um, should remind us that what Jesus had said earlier in his ministry before telling them this peace and then breathing the Holy Spirit on them. In John 5, 19... Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does also. That, that passage is talking about relationship. 
Then we go to John 8, 28. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. In these verses, Jesus is assuring His disciples and us He is in a unified relationship with the Father. And today's passage assures us the Holy Spirit is also in that relationship. Even greater, Jesus is telling us we will receive that Holy Spirit, sealing our relationship, confirming that relationship. As we hear that small voice in our head that's telling us not to do something that we still go ahead and do, uh, we have to start learning more and more to listen to that voice when it says don't do something or when the voice says do something and, and being guided by that. And we have to trust that God's giving that to us. We have to believe that God really is communicating with us. Uh, but, but so often we don't. So often we think we pray and it's a one-way street. But if you're doing that, you're selling your relationship with God short. We should be listening actively. And it should become second nature. As we're going about the, the, the day and an event comes up where someone uh, is involved with us, we don't have to stop and pray at that moment, God, speak to me. How do you want me to handle this situation? It's not a bad thing to do. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad to say, God, how do you want me to handle it? But we don't necessarily have to. God's saying, I've already empowered you. Trust. Listen. Engage in the moment. Trust my leading. And act. I mean, I know that sound, I'm making that sound easy. But that's the relationship God wants with us. You know, prayer is great. Prayer is necessary. Prayer is part of communication. The same in a relationship as talking with a husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, father, children. The conversation is important. Talking, getting to know, getting to uh, establish that relationship is important. That's what prayer is good for. That's why sometimes God has told me, use words. I pray in tongues a lot because I trust the, the Father's will. And I often, when I pray of a situation, I don't want to impose what I think ought to happen. Uh, and once in a while, God whispers to me, use words. Why? Because he wants me to engage in the relationship. He doesn't want to just provide the answer. He wants me to be a part of. He, because he knows I will grow. When I try to seek prayer to find out what would God's will be in this moment, I'm coming to studying God's will. I'm coming to work through that situation and that relationship. And if I pray something that isn't God's will, I can be very trustful that God's not going to do something that isn't appropriate under his will. So, But doing that process helps me grow. So prayer is part of a relationship. Can you establish any relationship you have where you don't talk with each other? Why would we think our relationship with God would be any different? He wants us to talk with him. So prayer, and again, I think sometimes the church makes prayer so formal 
that people think, well, who am I? I can't pray as flowerly as that church. Well, you, you'll never say it about me, how, how flowerly. Because <laughs> I, I don't think flowerly is a word, but I don't know. But, um, you know, oftentimes people feel like only the preacher or only the elders or, or any particular designated person uh, can do this. And, 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 and what Jesus is, 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 is telling us here, he's empowered us. We're in this relationship. That is finished. What we just have to do is live the relationship and actually trust him and, and don't deny the power that you have. Uh, and too often we live weak. We live powerless. We live like I can't do, I can't. Who am I? And Jesus said, you're my son. What more do you need? You are my beloved child. And I said you're enough. So who are you to tell me you're not? The way we fail I put this in bold print. I think I've already said it, but it was bold print because I read so many teachings as I was going through this where people were saying about how you can restore the presence of the Holy Spirit in you or how you have to repent when you, when you screw up and what you have to do. And, and it just, frankly, it was making me mad uh, because what I put down in bold print, these are lies. Unfortunately, the church can be part of what puts a barrier between you and the power of God in your life. Jesus broke the hold of sin and broke the barrier between us and a full relationship with God. Jesus broke that barrier. Nothing and no one can take it away. It is finished. My confidence is not in my ability to hold true to God. My confidence is grounded in the promises of God, and I rely upon his love and grace and his promises. So I may screw up forever, but God will hold on to me. Uh, so don't let yourself be sucked into believing that you can fall out of that relationship with God. Hold on to that truth. Take the peace from it. What we fail to, why we fail to live in that relationship and choose not to accept the truth and live in the power. I'm gonna, we're in the Indianapolis 500 weekend, so I'm going to use an example from that. I can have the most expensive race car that could win the 500, but such could not work unless I believed and accepted that truth. I have to accept the car, and then I actually have to get in it and drive it. If I'm afraid of wrecking it, if I'm afraid that I might do something wrong, if I'm, if I'm afraid of scratching it, so I put it in a garage, I am not using it. It can't have the effect that it has unless I take it out, accept it, and then use it. The same is true with our faith. I have to accept that I've been empowered. I have to believe I've been empowered. And then I actually have to act upon it. 
when we put something in the garage, it's like the Holy Spirit. We may say, oh, I received the Holy Spirit. Then we put it aside, and we don't use it. We don't activate it. And all of a sudden, we lose touch. Not all of a sudden, gradually over time, we lose touch. We lose touch with that we are in that relationship with God. So what we need to do is we must believe God wants a relationship with us. That's the start. We've got to believe he wants that relationship. He wants that relationship with others so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for our sins. That's how much he loves us. We must accept that Jesus broke all barriers to that relationship. We must accept it. Uh, there's so many things, worldly wisdom, that would cause you to doubt that, to cause you to believe that you have to somehow earn that. So much worldly wisdom will tell you that. And unfortunately, much religion will tell you that. But that's not what God tells you. Jesus' words were, it is finished. And he meant what he said. We must believe the promise of the Holy Spirit in our lives to guide us into all truth. Why must we believe that? Because that's what Jesus said it was going to do. Why wouldn't we believe that part of Jesus' words? So we must believe it will lead us into all truth. And so we must ask to be led. We must act as if we are going to be led. And we must trust that. If we don't believe it, if we don't trust it, if we don't act on it, we are losing the peace and the power that we've been promised. And we're not finishing the race the way that Jesus asked us to when he passed the baton. Believe me, I have always questioned a God who trusts us enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've always, you know, I look around and I see myself, I see others, and I think, you left us in charge? <laughs> you got to be nuts. <laughs> and, and he says, yeah, but I gave you the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so he says, I, 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 uh, I didn't leave you alone. And that's what Jesus was assuring his disciples. I'm not going to leave you alone. In fact, it's good for you that I go because while I'm here, yeah, you're watching me. I'm guiding you. Yeah, but you're relying upon me. When I go, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And he will live with you and guide you and lead you to all truth. You will be empowered to do the works I'm asking you to do. So it's good for you that I go. And so many of us think, okay, boy, if I could only see Jesus. Well, you can have the Holy Spirit in you, and that will reveal to you the truth of Jesus uh, as if we were walking with him. I have a prayer uh, that I prayed that I think is um, putting forth this to teach us or to ask God to uh, continually redirect us and keep us on this path. Um, do we have it to put up? Okay. This is, I mean, I want you to know what a blessing it is in this church to have all the people here. And Jenny's stepping in all the times that um, uh, 
what we rely upon stuff behind the scenes that are that are get done the, the musicians and so forth um, and it it is a fellowship and it's a it's people using their gifts uh, to help us all and uh, I'm really blessed by that because I send this out and I just trust that somebody's going to be able to put it on the screen. But I also trust if it doesn't go up there, it'll work anyway. Uh, so. so if you want to stand and join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, we are amazed that you desire a relationship with us. We feel so unworthy, but accept that through our Lord and Savior, Jesus, we have been declared worthy. We believe, help our unbelief. We accept our relationship with you. Help us and lift us up if we stumble. We accept the Holy Spirit and ask for guidance into all truth. Help us to continue to seek such guidance and to continually listen. Help us to live empowered lives so we can bring you all honor and glory. Amen. As part of um, remembering uh, to live within the power, Jesus told us that we should do communion uh, to remember the, what he accomplished for us. It isn't a requirement. It is a way of remembering so we can uh, keep that power within us. And I like to um, picture when I'm taking communion, when I'm consuming it, that I'm taking in the relationship with God, uh, that it is internalizing in me, uh, that I do have that within me uh, as part of this. That's what I do whenever I'm taking communion. So when you're ready, uh, come forward and um, partake. Thank you. 